I'm Zach. And I'm Michelle. And this is a Couple Games Gaming Podcast. Tonight we're going to talk about our recent plays because we have several that we're really excited about. We are excited to talk about Red Rising and... Lost Ruins of Arnak. Along with a few others, but those are some of the highlights that we're excited to share tonight. So we're going to get things started like we normally do with our recent plays. We know we've been on kind of a week delay like we were last time. I know, we've kind of been on a three-week recording schedule lately just with how everything's been. It's just been, I don't know. It's been very busy, to say the least. We did some traveling, and we did get to play some friends, or play with some games with some friends along the way. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple new new uh, titles hit our table that we're excited to talk about. Yes, definitely had a couple new games that we were eager to play. So we definitely, we've done that. We haven't really played a lot of games. I just feel like we've played the ones that are newer more frequently. Yeah, I would say so. They're, and we've also been super busy, too. So, like, we haven't had many weeknight games yeah. between the two of us and all that. So, But you want to get things started off with talking about... One that you were excited to acquire. Yes. Lost Ruins of Arnak. Yes. So What, two weeks ago? Uh, yes, I think that's right. Two or three weeks ago. This is a game that it's themed like Indiana Jones. It has that explorer feel. It's a worker placement deck building game that's been compared a lot to Dune Imperium because they came out around the same time and they both have that that component yeah mechanism i really liked lost ruins i knew from the beginning i just had a feeling that i would like it better than dune imperium and i definitely did i thought it played well at two players too it did it did play well and the the components are really awesome they have these little plastic tablets that are you know, 3D and the little gems are 3D and there's little arrowheads that are really nice. All the components really well and the gameplay is simple. It's you you play a card that has symbols and you can either play it for its ability or you can play it for those symbols to place your worker out on the board. And what you're doing is you are going to these different locations to acquire resources, to fight monsters that'll come up after you explore a new region, you're also going up what's called the research track, and you're you're researching, but then you're also recording your research, so you have a magnifying glass that's researching, and then you have like a notebook where you're writing down your research. And, it's... and every time you go up this research track with either your magnifying glass or your notebook, you do get something. Like you, Yeah, you, you do get a, a reward. Cor- yeah, so it's not just like you're moving up a track and not getting anything. And sometimes in Dune Imperium, we were moving up a track, and you didn't always get something. It was only like every certain milestone. Yeah, every certain milestone, or if you... Got you, to the top. Yeah, got to the top, You then you got something. So, you said you, you definitely... I well, You knew going in, you liked this one more than Dune Imperium, just based on theme alone. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I really do, 
like this one. I like Dune Imperium as well. We need to get it back to the table so I can properly compare the two. But this one might play better at two players than Dune Imperium does. But I've never played Dune Imperium at two players, so I don't know. Yeah, this is kind of our first take one analysis between these two. We'll have to do a repeat or a revisit. Yeah, we'll have to revisit, but... I just, I felt like every turn I took in Lost Ruins, I was, like, productive. Like, it felt like I was doing something on track, you know, accomplishing something. And there were so many turns in Dune where I was just like, cool, nothing happened. Awesome, I did this really cool thing, and I actually lost points because someone knocked me down the track. So it just felt like this uphill battle... Where even when I was doing good things, there was no reward in Dune Imperium. But in Lost Ruins, I definitely had that incentive or that reward happening each turn. And I just felt better about myself in the game. And I just felt better about the game the whole time. I could see that. I watched a video the other day where there was, there was a group of guys comparing the two. And they were saying which one they prefer and why and all that. One thing they said that's, that struck out to me was... Dune Imperium was a more frustrating game, but they he said it in a good like in a good way. He enjoyed it that it frustrated him to where he wanted to come back and see, you know, do better. And I when he said that, I was like, that's totally it because it is a frustrating game. There's a lot of tension to it. I felt Arnak didn't have the tension. Correct. I would agree with that. It's more of like a preference on what you prefer in a game at that point i mean yeah so so i could see that but that's cool i really like both of them still i think we can hold on to both of them without you know big to do but i i will say i do like the theme in lost ruins and i didn't know if you knew this the board is double-sided so you can play on either side and they're different and that's that's something that dude imperium doesn't have but we we do need some sort of organization system because it takes a really long time to set that game up. Yeah, I did order the folded space for it, but it's like I don't know what the deal with I ordered I ordered a bunch of inserts with this one and they're all pre-order and Delayed. to be de- 2020 to be determined. I'm like I don't know what that means. 2021? Yeah. I said 2020. Yeah. Yeah, 2021 to be determined. Hmm. So hopefully it'll come in eventually. We'll see. But but no, this is like super side note. With Lost Ruins, the bags that this game came with oh, yeah. are the absolute worst bags I've ever seen in a board game. Like they, I opened one and it, they, it just ripped. Like the little baggies that you, you know, have to put all the punch outs in. I can't, I cannot believe the quality of these bags. They they have to be the worst ones I've ever seen. They were pretty terrible. Like we had to go dig out others that we have in our stash and and like replace it was yeah, you basically rip them every time you open them. If anyone else had that or noticed that, you should let us know. Yeah, that <laughs> that was totally a thing. It was like, come on, you could have spent a couple more cents here to get these bags like a little bit more. They probably know people are just going to buy inserts, that's why. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe they're like, that's... well, people that are serious are going to get an insert anyway. Yeah, but that was Lost Ruins of Varnak. The Another one that's 
hit our table pretty recently that was kind of a hot topic for you was Tekinu. Yes, Tekinu got another uh, go. Yeah. So last time we played Tekinu, you were ready to box it up and get rid of it. I mean, I just said I was really frustrated with it and I needed some time away from it. So that's what we did. It had been months since we played it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It'd been a while. Gave it another try. What'd you think? It was better, but we both both chose not to use statues, so I think that's why it was better. Yeah, and if or not to, we didn't have an objective that focused on that. Yeah, if you haven't heard us talk about Tekinu, it's a game where it's set in ancient Egypt. There's this big obelisk on the board that rotates, casting a shadow on different areas. You're drafting dice to take different actions, whether it's building statues, building buildings, building these little pillars in the temple. What else are you doing? It's pillars, buildings, and statues. Yeah. You can also acquire, like, different abilities from these cards on the bottom of the board. The technology cards and then the population and happiness chart. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Which is where I spent my time. Yeah, you did populous, or population happiness. They kind of go hand in hand. I spent mine on the the buildings. and the, I tried to focus on the pillars. And there was one round you kind of took the one I wanted. Kind of threw me off. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that I mean, that is sometimes hard with this game. Because you you might really only have one true thing you were trying to do in a turn and if the other person does it you're like oh i have no backup plan like there is no other good option for me right now yeah well the it was definitely a move where i i spent a move or two acquiring resources to take this one move which was going to give me you know set me up for points and it was also going to give me some more resources and then you took it and i i was like oh I don't know where I'm going to go now. <laughs> and so that was, I had to reassess. And that was really a big shift in the game because you ended up winning by three points. Yeah, barely. Yeah, it was a really tight game. But I really enjoyed it. I, I really liked to get you. It was good, this game. It was yeah. good. I mean, it was, it was better. And it wasn't even until the very end until I even thought I had a chance at winning. Because I was like, no, I'm still, gonna, I'm still behind. Like, I was behind you the whole game yeah it wasn't until i accumulated a technology card like the last round that boosted me enough yeah didn't you i went hard on the technology cards though you did you did population in those cards Mm -hmm. and that really paid off for you but i don't even think i built oh i did i think i built one pillar Mm Hmm. you built one or two What's hard in this game is I want to build more of that stuff, but it never benefits for me. Because it's, like, pretty, and I want my colors out there on the board. and But it never I never win doing that. So I was like, well, I'm going to ignore all this pretty stuff and just go like for the, these cards in this track. <laughs> I feel like the pillars could be really strong, though, because you, you get, get them, them in a in line, a and they start multiplying off each other. It's it's really neat. Yeah. But Sometimes it's hard to get them in the spot you want for the points, though. That's you true. You not have that ability. Yeah, but that was Tekinu. It's a lot of fun. We 
took a road trip to go see our friends Peyton and Corey down their new house. And uh, we had some other friends. Tane and Rob joined us, Kelsey and David. And we played The Quacks of Quedlinburg. We got them that as a housewarming gift. And we brought our copy. And we played an eight-player game of Quacks. So we had two sets of components. And basically, you can play it. Because everybody's, you're not really interfering with each other. Most there's some saying there's some things that say, look to your left or right, which we could easily do. Mm-hmm. And we had our game in little capsules, and so it was easy to distinguish between the two different games. Right. So we, if you ever do play this with a big group of people or bigger, you know, eight. Obviously, we haven't played anything with eight people in like over a year, so this was. This yeah, this is our first. A first, uh, but just have different sets of coin capsules. I mean, have some and then don't have some, or have two different types. I mean, yeah. it worked out really well. Yeah, we also had our folded space stuff, so it kind of kept the components separate as well. Mm-hmm. But before we get into gameplay, we got this pizza from there <laughs> that we ordered a pizza from Fat Boys. Was that what it was called? I think so. It was enormous. We ordered two as a group, not not as a couple. But they were 30... Inches. 30 inches. Now that... I don't know if you know pizza sizes, but it was... Almost three feet. Like, it's two and a half feet. It was insane. It was crazy. It's two and a half feet. Two and a half feet around. Diameter of pizza. It's a lot. It couldn't fit through their door. We had to open up the other door. Is it the diameter or is it the circumference? I thought that pizza was telling you the the circumference. No, the diameter. Yeah, the pizza's definitely... What's a cross? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I don't think that they would tell you the circumference of a pizza. I think they would just tell you the diameter when they're telling you the size. I don't know, to be honest. I'm pretty sure. But huge. The pizza was huge. It couldn't fit. So they had one of those houses that had the double door. Mm-hmm. And we had we had to figure out how to open up the second door because it couldn't fit through one of them. It was insane. But so yeah, quacks eight. Like, sorry, I feel like a random, a random, but I feel like a normal size door is two feet. Like I'm just like looking at our back door. That's that's probably like two feet width. Yeah. So yeah, it was two and a half. That's why we. Okay, that's fair. That's a good assessment. Yeah. Anyway. But Quacks eight player. Play. What do you what do you think? So Quacks is a game where you're building a potion, you're drawing ingredients out of the bag, trying not to blow up. I mean, it was we were teaching it, so there was some it took us a little while because we, we were trying to teach the game to six people. No one had played before besides us. And so that took some time, but I feel like it went pretty well. Like considering our son would not go to bed. So he was still awake. He was and, still awake, uh, running around, watching Lion King. Yep, watching Lion King on the couch. So we were, you know, slightly distracted. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I really think that, like, playing the game went just like it, it normally does. I mean, draw out of your bag, decide when to stop. It was a little bit hectic trying to keep up with the score. Right. Because we had to, like, n- notate tokens or pay attention to who was who. Mm-hmm. With the two blue people. Yeah, because we had two blue players, two red players, two green players, things like that. And we just, we used one of the extra droplets to mark 
you know, are you the droplet green or are you just the plain green? And mm-hmm. So we, we made it work. And I, I mean, we definitely did. And it gave me an idea that if we ever did it non-teaching, we could do it in teams. So like the blue team, you know, would add up their score and yeah, like, like we that. might get, you know, four points in the first round or something instead of just one or two. Right. And then towards the end, you could add up your school. You could add up your points and you might get like 40. Yeah, and then, the you know, the team with the most points wins at the end. So that would be neat. That way you could, would only need one of each color on the score track to kind of lower confusion. But it wasn't bad. Mm-mm. And you could always use some something some other marker, too. But these, and they seemed to really enjoy it, too. We had some friends, Kelsey and David, they, they said they were going to buy a copy, but they also... They also said it was when they went and checked the price, it was too expensive. So, which if you look on Amazon, it it is like you don't want to buy it from there. No, you don't want to <laughs> buy it from there. So it's crazy. So that was Quacks eight player Quacks worked out. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I've been playing some Marvel Champions because the Galaxy's Most Wanted expansion box came in. This is the guardians of the galaxy intro into marvel champions so the box came with groot and rocket as your heroes you can play as and then it came with five different villain scenarios you can play against and it's it's a lot of fun it definitely changes the game up there are a couple of scenarios where they change the win-loss condition normally you're just trying to beat up the villain make his health go to zero to win or and you lose if the their scheme uh gets its threat threshold is what they call it if it hits enough threat you lose or if the villain kills you you lose some of them added like an additional way to win or an additional way to lose so that was cool and it's just it was it's a great addition if you're into marvel champions the galaxy's most wanted it's definitely much more difficult yeah, then, you've, been, you've been talking about how you've been losing more. Yeah, yeah, I think it took me, I would say two Two of the five scenarios are super difficult unless you start to really deck build for those scenarios. So it's like, okay, I know that Nebula does this, so I need to like put this in my deck and things like that. But I was just using the pre-builds that come in the in the box I hadn't really deck built with it and so I was I got through the first three scenarios and then I started getting stomped and there's one I still haven't beaten I haven't beaten Ronan so he's he's pretty tough hmm. Ronan the Accuser I don't know who that is but it's the bad guy in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie hmm. blue guy hammer gotcha yeah I've been getting caught up on Younger while uh, Zach plays Marvel Champions yeah. Younger is a TV show that it's, I watched on Hulu, but it's like had six seasons that came out a long time ago ish. Not a long time ago, but has Hilary Duff in it. And it's a good show. And season seven just started back like last week. So I've been trying to watch season seven now as, as I can in the evenings. It's kind of nice because they're only like 20 minute episodes, 20, 30 minutes. Mm hmm. Not too bad. Yeah. 
I don't know. And they're only releasing like four a week or something. Is that what you said? Right now, yeah. They only did four at a time. I don't know when the next four come out. So, mm. yeah, but that's a good. It's a good TV show. If you want any TV show recommendations, younger Hulu. Uh, Falcon and no Cap no Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Also a great TV show. On Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you've been watching that one. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh. Yeah, all those Marvel fans out there, watch that one. We played a game this morning. Yeah, we played a nice little morning game of Nova Luna. Mm-hmm. So it was nice because our, our son was, you know, running around playing with his toys or jumping on the couch. And so we would, you know, just walk by and make our move on the breakfast table for Nova Luna. And... Mm-hmm. I like doing that with Nova Luna. I feel like another good game... For that would be like King Domino. Yeah, maybe. The only thing about... Like 5 by 5 <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. The only thing about King Domino is it's... The turns can... At least two player. Because you have two drafts oh. each round, you know? Yeah. And so that can really... If I'm, I'm the first and the last pick, then it's... That's true. Yeah, I would have to wait on you to make two. But it's, you know... I thought about that this morning, actually, because I was thinking about Queen Domino. Oh, that one would be too much to try and... Yeah. We need to get that one back out, though. Yeah, I really wanted to the other night, but Taverns of Tiefenthal took a little bit. Well, it was just too late. I didn't want to play another game. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't really go into Nova Luna, but it's just like a great light puzzle puzzle game that like you can easily do while doing other things. Yeah, it's your... Nova Luna, you're matching, or you're you're drafting these tiles, and you want colors to cert, touch certain colors based on what's on these tiles. It's it's hard to explain without seeing it, but you're trying to get matches and sets in a row and connected and color tile matching puzzly. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's quick too. Yeah, it's quick. Plays thirty minutes or less. So, but that was Nova Luna. And then Michelle was about to mention Taverns of Tiefenthal. Yes, we played that. Was it Friday night? Saturday night. Was that last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, just last night. So we played Taverns of Tiefenthal with our new fun board board game upgrades that you yes. got. Did yeah. you get those on Etsy? Yes, I got them on Etsy. They replaced the... So you have a... on your You're running a tavern in Taverns of Tiefenthal, and it's... You have... A spot where you can store beer or ale or I forget what they call it in taverns but you have a spot where you can store beer and it's like a little keg but in the original game it's just a cube where you move up this keg track now I have like little keg pieces to go there and there's also like a money vault which was just a yellow cube now we have a little cube safe money vault yeah, yeah. and then the little schnapps Yes, the sh- the schnapps were just cardboard punch-outs, but now they look like little shot glasses. Yeah, they're really fun. Yeah, so it's really cool. And Taverns is a game where you are... you. It's a deck-building game where you're flipping over cards until all your tabler, tables in your tavern are full. These cards can either be patrons, which will sit at your tables, or they'll be employees, which will go other places in your bar they won't take up your table so you can keep drawing if you keep drawing employees and you can also put out tables too in your deck right 
And so, what did you think about this last play? You were kind of frustrated with it. Um, I mean, it just took a long time to get going with enough. I had, I don't know, I think I got too many dice from the beginning, and that hurt me. I would have rather had a, a greater focus on my actual tavern and places to put the dice. Because at some point I like had all these dice and nowhere to put them. Because I didn't have enough open on my tavern, I guess. Yeah. Or I didn't have enough upgraded in my tavern. Because what you can do in this game is um, your actual board, like, flips over little modules like flip over and upgrade when you buy you know a better dishwasher or you buy uh like a server you buy like a you, you get you hire another waitress or something yeah like you can upgrade your keg to hold more beer you can upgrade your so i did not take advantage of the upgrades yet i had all these dice like i had extra servers which just didn't go well because I felt like I wasted dice almost every turn. Like I didn't have a place to put it. Right. And every customer takes a certain number. Number. And all the actions on your board also take a certain number. So if you draft the wrong dice You're or... You're limited. Right. And where to place it. And there is an option to, you know, turn the die up one in this game. The, the dishwasher lets you adjust your die up. But nothing in this game lets you adjust your die down. And that really bothers me. Because I'm like, what you you need the low numbers just as much as you need the high numbers. Why is everything about making it go up when I really need the dice to be a two? Or a I one? don't know. That is curious. Like every other game we have where there is a adjust the dice mechanism, you can go either direction. So I don't understand why this one doesn't have that. And that was really bothering me. because Mainly because I needed twos like no other and I kept having threes. I don't know. That was that was that was something I noticed. I was getting a lot of fours and kind of having to finagle with them. So I was targeting the guests when they came up. That's also something because you don't know which what guests are going to come up. I was trying to attract the guests that had a spot for the fours or the threes. Yeah. And so because those are the die you really can't use on your board. Mhm. And so I was grabbing those, whereas I wasn't buying as many employees as I normally do. Which I think that benefited. Yeah. Because I had employees, like I had extra dice. Your dice are your workers in this game, so getting extra dice is basically like you're hiring more servers. I had too many servers and not enough places to put them. Yeah. So Mm. that's what hurt me, and then I didn't have as great a focus on the upgrading, upgrading the tavern, or... You know, I feel like the last time I played, I focused really hard on that. But Yeah, but it's really fun. I like it. There, I think there's an expansion coming out at sometime this year, next year, and looking forward to what that adds to. So. Yeah, we played with all four of the modules as well, so everything. Yeah, we played with all the modules, so. It comes with four or five? Maybe six. It's like schnapps. Reputation, the the starters, there's something else. The guest book? Mm-hmm. That was the last one we added in. Yeah, I guess that's four. For some reason, I thought it was 
five what or about six. the little track around the bar Is it's that a reputation track, reputation track. Mm-hmm. yeah so but that's taverns of tevental i like it it's a good one we played another game today during nap time yeah we played wingspan mm-hmm. we played wingspan with the oceana and european expansion mm-hmm. and we played with those before but Wingspan's a game about building an aviary. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked birds. about it a lot. Yeah. What was interesting was I found a an app where you scan the bird cards on Wingspan and it plays like what the bird sounds like. Yeah. It's called the Wing Song app. Yeah. Is it free? It's free. Yeah, I'm not going to pay for you crazy. I was hoping so. I assumed. <laughs> yeah, the the Wingsaw Mat app, as long as the bird isn't endangered. There was one bird I'd scanned, uh, and it was it said it was endangered, so they didn't have a song for it. They, like, couldn't get it because they couldn't record the endangered species bird. Yeah. Is that it? Well, you can't, yeah, you can't go near it because they're, like, endangered. Yeah. So... No, it was good though. I had a, I felt like I was doing really well this game and had a I, good pace going and I never felt like I got stuck. I really liked a lot of my cards. I mean, I lost by a little bit. But Excuse me. Yeah, uh, okay. I I was looking over at yours and I was like, "Man, I feel like Michelle's just killing it over here." And I was struggling because I had birds that wanted me to tuck cards underneath them, but I liked all the cards in my hand. And so Struggle. every every round, I felt like I was, am, am I tucking this card or am I or am I not using this ability? Then I feel like I'm not maximizing my game. And so it was, yeah. It's fun though. I really like wingspan. It's, it just feels good. You, you know? always say that. I know because it's true. It's just a feel good game. I liked it just because it's like springtime and it's you know looks all nice and colorful again outside it just feels like a good spring seasonal game yeah see that we played with the oceana boards though which are the a little bit darker yeah the orange and brownie color yeah but but i like the nectar and all that so like you have to use those boards yeah i guess unless you want to keep up with it on the other boards yeah jamie stegmaier if you're listening you should make the the oceana boards on the pretty color you know, <laughs> on the brighter. Yeah, have some options. You know. Yeah, you know. I thought it was still good. I liked using the boards over our mats. Yeah. And then we have both. I really like using the boards better. I do. When I was tucking the cards, though, it was kind of hard to tuck on the boards. Sliding around everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, but still. But that was wingspan. It's always a good one. Always a good one. Now, the next one we're going to talk about, I've been waiting for, for over a month, maybe a little bit longer, Red Rising. I've been waiting for it longer than a month, but it was just announced maybe a month or a month and a half ago. So, Stonemaier Games announced that they were coming out with Red Rising. If you've listened to our podcast in the past, back in the fall, we had an episode about board games that we want to see created and 
my number one one was Red Rising. Red Rising is a book series by Pierce Brown. It's my favorite book series. After Stonemaier announced that they were coming out with a game, I started reading, uh, rereading the books. I've read through the first trilogy. This was my third time through, and I've never read through. I've never reread through the second trilogy. So I'm I'm on the second trilogy now, rereading it, and it's it's awesome. It's awesome. The book and the game. The game is, it's a little bit more simple, simpler than I originally thought I wanted a Red Rising game to be, but it's good because it's approachable. Yeah, I mean, I think that like for people that really love the books but don't necessarily play board games, it's an awesome board game. Yeah, it's, it's basically a hand management game. You're trying to build a hand of cards that gets the most points and all the cards are characters from the books and the deck is huge. It's a huge deck of cards and they're all unique. There's no duplicates and every card has a point value an ability and a bonus point value. So on your turns, you're playing a card from your hand for its ability. And then you're taking a card from, a location on the board and triggering that location's ability. So there's there's four different locations on the board. There's one where you're moving up the fleet track, so you're getting a bigger fleet. You'll score more points like that. There's one where you're gaining helium three, which is the resource in the book. And so each one of those is worth three points. There's the institute where you're placing influence, where that's a place in the book. And if you have the most influence on there, you get the most points for that at the end of the game. And there's also a place where you get what's called the Sovereign Token, which if you have that at the end of the game, then you get 10 bonus points. Now, all these cards, you're debating on, ooh, do I play this? I, I really want these points, but its ability is really good. And you can play it, and there's a chance you might be able to pick it back up on your next turn if it doesn't get taken by your opponent or if it doesn't get buried underneath more cards. And so, right, yeah, I was just thinking back to Friday night when we played it. I felt like there was one card that just was always out there. <laughs> I don't remember Dante or something. It was like, oh, and he's been in every location on this board. Dancer, maybe or Danto. Danto. I just yeah. remember he was everywhere. Like I felt like we both kept taking him and putting him back, yeah. and he just like went to every location, but. Like, I was like, why isn't he gone? Like, <laughs> I got tired of this. He's blocking other things. But. Yeah, well, that was the thing. It's like he didn't really go with my strategy, but maybe I wanted that location ability, mm-hmm. you know? And and the game, the game's pretty quick. We played in 30 minutes. Yeah. The learning game. 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And so the game triggers when basically somebody's on seven of the fleet tracks, seven helium, or seven on the institute. And if somebody has two out of those three, or if collectively as a table, all three of them met, then the game comes to an end. So, and every player has their own unique ability. So each ability corresponds with when you take the sovereign token. So I had the ability, when I took the sovereign token, I got some helium. You had... When you took the sovereign token, you put extra influence influence mm-hmm. on the institute, and so 
it's really cool and the the cards are thematic because the the characters you know maybe EO doesn't she wants to be with reds she doesn't want to be with grays because in the books she didn't like the grays and you know she was all about the reds and it's just neat because every character does something different and it's all thematic if you've read the books it makes sense well yeah he i'm sure he's a big book fan too so yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. He, he's talked about it. He was like, yeah, I read the books in 2014, and then I I emailed Pierce about, you know, getting the rights to make a game, and he had this whole thing about... he. Oh, so it, he started this in, like, 2014, this idea? So after he published Scythe, which was 2015 or 2016, he contacted Pierce Brown and said, I really want to make a game in your universe, and then it was... I think it was 2017 where he finally got the rights. They were tied up in something, some sort of rights. But he he went through several designs trying to design a game for Red Rising before he was like, I, I'm not happy with anything. You know, I don't want to just slap a Red Rising theme on a game. And I also, I want it to represent the books, you know, I want to be a good representation of the books. And so he, he said, sorry, you know, I failed basically. And then, um, I think Alexander Schmidt is the co-designer of Red Rising. Him and Jamie Stegmeier were at a game night and they were playing a game called Fantasy Realms, which had, it's a card game with seven suits, no, 10 suits. And in Red Rising, there's 14 colors. And they said, well, why can't we make a game like this? But instead of 10 suits have 14, and then they just kind of went from there, and that's where Red Rising came from. Hmm. So. Kind of like a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And he he works for Stonemaier Games now, the Alexander Schmidt guy. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. got him in. Was- <laughs> well, he said they were friends before that. But, but yeah, it's just really cool. Um, it's honestly, it's a really inexpensive game, too. We got the collector's edition for under 50 bucks shipped, you know, and I've, I've seen the standard edition that's, it hasn't come out yet, but it's around 30 bucks. And so I feel like it's a really good deal for mm-hmm. what it is. But yeah, if you like Red Rising, I highly recommend it. If, if you like Stonemaier games, I feel like it's, you know, you'll like it too. It's a lighter affair than most of theirs though. Yeah, it was, it was definitely light, approachable. I do not know anything about the Red Rising books. I have not read them. So, and I still, like, knew what I was doing. I just had a terrible hand. Like, I did not, like, I knew what I should have been doing, but I just didn't execute it well. Yeah, Michelle was also very tired, too. So she was kind of falling asleep before we even got to the table. And so, but she knew I really wanted to play it. And so I've played it solo twice since then. And I really enjoyed the solo mode. It's it's very well done, and it's it it makes you feel like you're playing the game. We almost played it again this afternoon, but I just really wanted to play Wingspan. So yeah, we'll have to play it again in the afternoon, like not at night, and or just maybe at night when I'm not as tired. Yeah, for sure, we definitely will, because I think it's a game you'll like it once you once you kind of get. We we could. Might even play it on like a weeknight if we started early enough. Yeah, I mean, like on Friday night, it only took us thirty minutes. 
So, because I put Easton down, I put him down around 8.50 was when I laid him down. And then I we came in there, we were done with the game by 9.35. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, we'll definitely play it again soon. Yeah. But that was Red Rising. We want to thank everyone for sticking around and listening to our episode. It was only really recent plays. You know, we didn't really have a topic this week, but... We really liked talking about Lost Ruins and Red Rising. Those were kind of like our new new games that we... Our new hotness. Uh, yeah, so that's really, that's really it for this week. We're going to try and get back into our every other week schedule, but uh, no promises. <laughs> Sorry, guys. See how it's going. <laughs> Life happens, but if you'd like to see these lovely games that we've been talking about, where can they find these lovely games? You can follow us at a couplegames.mz on Instagram or a couplegames.mz on TikTok. That's right. And see pictures and or video clips of these games that we've been playing recently and see if you think you'd like them too. That's right. And if you'd like to find some A Couple Games merchandise, you can go to Red bubble.com search for the gateway and the gateway network the gateway network and you'll find us under their umbrella yep we are proud members of the gateway network we always like to shout out the gateway network and all the awesome things that they are doing so that's right so we'll shout out the the ogs the game casters this week they are the I don't know, head honcho behind the Gateway Gateway Network. Network. They brought us all together. They they release a weekly podcast, I wanna say. Just about. Just about. I'm I wanna say it's every week. They are a little more R rated than us in terms of language and subject material. Yeah. So but they are hilarious. Mm -hmm. And they have full length episodes over two hours long most of the time. Lots of really good information and just all their just everything they share about the different board games that they're playing and that they are into right now they always have lots of really good things to say so to game casters check them out check them out but until next time we hope you have enjoyed this episode and we hope you join us again in another couple weeks but until then i'm zach and i'm michelle and this has been a couple games